We are the 12 sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Sir Bordemus Bordemer Fordeman Zanzibar. <laughs> Thanks for all the love and support throughout 2021. We hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. If you like what we're doing and you want to help out, maybe buy us a snack, then head over to patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. And thanks for all the ratings and reviews. Keep them coming so more people can find us. Anyway, if you feel like maybe Gerard from our campaign should have been a purple cat named Nico, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 35. Keeps putting the bag up on his shoulders and then putting it down. Bag up on the shoulders, yeah. putting it down. It's like, hey, figure it out, stupid cat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready? I lost her. The impact of what that means is still sinking in for Sonara. Her spell that would let her scry on Aaliyah Brava, her client, was no longer working. That meant one of two possibilities. She's dead or she's being shielded by magical means. As she informs her companions, a murmur of unease rustles the air in the now empty ballroom in Eberly Manor. So we're not getting paid, says Markle, the dark man from Calathan with his thick beard and massive maul strapped to his back. We don't do charity, says Rosalind, one of the red-haired Bergosian sword sisters, as her sister Lunhilda nods in agreement. Sonara takes off her large black hat and rubs the bridge of her nose, thinking quickly. No, no, it could be that she's been shielded from my magics somehow, but dead is a possibility. I will not lie. Ugh, grunts Petrock, the tattooed tracker with long hair and pointed ears. Sounds like dead to me. He slings his quiver over his shoulder, grabs his bow, and heads towards the exit. What if she yet lives, Sonara calls out. What of your honor? Then rethinking, she yells at his receding back. What of your contract? Petrock turns around, glancing at each mercenary in turn, then shrugs. The contract that I read, that I signed, was to protect the life of Madame Alia Brava. No life, no contract. He turns and walks out the door. Sonara, fuming, squeezes her eyes shut and pinches the bridge of her nose again. She stands that way for a few seconds until she hears more footsteps on the tile floor moving away from her. As she opens her eyes, she sees the back of Rosalind and her sister, Lunhilda, as well as the broad back of Markle who at least has the decency to turn around and give a small wave before the three of them leave the room, following Petrock. Sonara turns to the others of the group. And the rest of you, she demands, are you as false as those three? Briok, the short, bearded warrior in plate armor, steps forward, his helmet removed and held in the crook of his elbow. Nay, my lady, not I. The contract still holds, as they say in Valkanar, mot goth yir mot leaf. My word is my life. I will see this to the end. Like begets like, and fools stay with fools, says the last mercenary, her jester's cap jingling as she turns her head. No way! <laughs> but she had a crush on me. <laughs> An obnoxiously thin blade adorns her hip, strapped over her suit of motley. I'm in. Suddenly, another voice booms from the doorway. I see no fools here, it says. Sonara whips her head around toward the voice. Standing seven and a half feet tall, adorned in glistening blue scale armor topped with a huge horned helmet, Adjudicator Ulrich enters the ballroom, followed by a slender man, still in his party finery, 
tall, caracal ears laid back against his head. The second man looks nervous, carrying scroll cases and ink pots in place of weapons, like the great axe in the adjudicator's hands. I will help you find your missing client. It would seem that whoever took her also poisoned the guests at this party, including Governor Tenor himself. That is a capital offense, and I will pass judgment. The thin man with the scrolls pulls out a paper and dips a quill, waiting to record the adjudicator's words. To those who poisoned Governor Tenor and kidnapped Madam... He looks to Sonara for a name. Aaliyah Brava, mistress of Eberly Manor, she calls out. Madam Aaliyah Brava, the mistress of Eberly Manor, I declare them traitors and enemy combatants to the Almerian Empire, and I pronounce the judgment of death. The young man finishes scribbling the decree, then offers the quill to the adjudicator, who signs the page with a surprisingly delicate flourish. After handing the quill back to his aide, adjudicator Ulrich turns back to Sonara. Have you any leads, my lady? Sonara thinks for a moment, racking her brain for a way to track down the assailants from this evening's festivities. Then, suddenly, it comes to her. Yes, yes, I know how to track them. A certain Simon of House Tigish, I think? He bears a page from my own book. He was involved, I know. I can track them that way. Huh. Ulrich nods and says, Then let's get to it. The sooner we find them, the more likely it is we find Madame Brava alive. He turns back to the thin man with the scrolls and quill. Come, Temrid, you shall document this. The thin man bows in assent, but is lost for words. His throat tightening in fear and dread, Temrid Pine Jr. quietly follows Adjudicator Ulrich and the remaining mercenaries out into the night. Damn it. All right. <sighs> so, welcome back, everybody. If you guys <laughs> forgot what happened last time, um, there was a dead body filled with rocks tossed in a lake. Um <laughs> 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 we learned a little bit about some true crime podcasts. Um, we don't need to go into that. Um, basically, Aaliyah Brava was brought to justice and her body was disposed of. Um, and also, our uh, Nari and the boys managed to talk some sense into Feline, the uh, leader of the Fallen Heaven uh, cell that was going to blow up Eberly Manor. Just as Nilla and Feline were about to shake hands and maybe create some kind of a of a working relationship, you heard a voice call out, telling you to exit the building because the sentence of death had been passed upon you for your crimes this evening. And that is where we are right now. So, Really quick. Hey, Scott. So that is exactly what I picked up on when I was editing the episode. You accepted a, a page from a woman looking like a witch, pulled directly from her spell book, and kept it on your person. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I see nothing wrong with this. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. That's right. Uh, you win man. some, you lose some. Those you crafty know? witches. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I am going to start adding turns for uh, this potential fight. I mean, you guys could always turn yourselves in. That's all good, too. <laughs> Where did we put the weapons for these uh, Fallen Heaven people? Um, you guys, I think, well, you left. To, so the Fallen Heaven soldier who is still unconscious, he has a short sword at his hip. Um, as far as um, Feline... You guys took her short sword from her. So let's roll some initiative. Okay, Pine rolled a seven. <laughs> Ebby got a five. Joff got a 20. Nari rolled a four. Ooh. So 
the opening. Like, we can't just walk through it. We have to, like, climb through rubble to get out of the building. Um, we'll say that you guys can use, um, it's a, it's rough terrain. So we'll say you, you can use a double your move to get through those spaces. There's potentially other exits. Yeah. You guys really haven't explored this building. Okay. Um, let's see here. How many more do I have to roll? One, two, three. Oh my gosh. Give me a second. I got more initiatives to roll. Um, this is insane. All right, here we go. I think everybody is in. Let's see what the initiative order is. Now remember, we're in initiative. That does not necessarily mean that we have to fight, but I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> All right, uh, first up we have, with a natural 20 on her initiative and a score of 23, we have Nilla. Nilla releases the hand of Feline, looks around the room, wide-eyed and scared, draws her short sword, um, and then um, rushes over to the side of Bordemus. Um, and she is going to actually take uh, the dodge action. And that brings us now to Joff. Okay, Joff is going to run to the Fallen Heaven soldier that's unconscious on the ground, grab the short sword, and toss it to, remind me the woman's name, Th- uh, Feline. Feline or Thaline? Fa, fa. Okay. Like the, uh, like the okay. uh, uh, Vietnamese soup. Okay, so he'll, he'll grab the short sword and toss it to Feline, and say, it looks like we're going to be allies for a minute here. She, uh, okay. Yeah, she, she grabs it. She is still sitting on her butt in the corner. Um, okay. Just a quick reminder of where you guys are at. You guys are in the old customs house, which is a, a large building, single story. The upper stories have all collapsed in. There's detritus and debris and even rubble rubble um, all over in, in this place. <laughs> um, but there looks, there's like maybe a couple of ways in and out of this building. Um, but it will be difficult to get in or out. Okay. Um, that brings us now to somebody that nobody can see. Okay. And then that brings us now to somebody else that nobody can see. Let's see. What is this person going to do? You hear a voice boom out and it's a female voice. It's a voice that you guys actually recognize. Um, but using thaumaturgy, you hear this voice of Sonara that says, if you come out peacefully, you may receive some degree of mercy. And that brings us now to Thilo. Thilo looks to Bordemus and Nilla, and he's just like, I'm not a fighter. And he's going to come and hunker down by one of the walls. Um, And, man, you guys, your initiatives are way low. Oh, yeah, it was hot garbage. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. um, Let's see another person does something that you can't see and we are now to pine okay so what pine is going to do is he's going to put his mask back on and he will um say to uh nilla and bordemus he'll say is there another exit out of this building and then he's going to draw his sword well i guess yeah he's going to come kind of take a defensive position next to thylo all right you guys are all still in the building and then we have another uh, person that you guys can't see. And then we have Ebby. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're about halfway through the initiative order and we're now down to five people who rolled fives or lower. <laughs> is there, is there any crack in the wall that I can kind of see out into the, into the, um, I guess, the pier area where, where all these people would be standing? 
Um, yeah, where you were looking before, if you want to take a quick peek, I will give you, a, if you can make a perception check, and if you can get a 14 or higher on your perception, then I will basically let you step out of the building for a little bit to look around. Okay, let's try that. Uh, oh, I rolled a seven. Powerhouse, getting those really good rolls this evening. Um, I this is going to be one of those um, episodes where I totally overestimated your guys' uh, possibility of survival <laughs> with all these rolls. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to do, Abby? <laughs> we live and die by the dice. Um, I think what I'm going to try and do is at least, well, there's a part of me that wants to go out into the street, but I think that that might be inviting death. Okay. Um, Ebby is going to kind of hunker in near the wall here. Um, kind of not far from where Thylo is. And I'm going to shout to the other guys and just say, if we can lure them into the building, perhaps we can create a bottleneck. And is that the rest of your turn? I'll, I'll also maybe prepare a dodge action for now. Is this building made of stone or wood? So the floor is wood, old, weathered, beat up wood, um, but the walls are stone. Okay. And the ceiling, is it intact? The ceiling is for the most part intact. In fact, so everybody who is a patron, you can go and you can actually look at this battle map on the um, on the wiki or on the atlas. And if you look at the battle map, there's certain places where there's like light coming through and it, it, the flooring looks a little bit brighter. Those are sections where the up, the uh, the second floor is missing and the actual moonlight is shining down and, and lighting up those areas. Patrons of a certain tier. Patrons of a certain tier. So if you're not a certain tier, maybe consider upgrading. Give us more money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abby, that's your turn? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we have we need to get a game plan before I can start doing crazy stuff. All right. Joff, um, you are kind of standing back in the back corner by Feline. And as you kind of look around, you can't help but notice um, somebody comes crawling in through the debris on the southern end of the building. It looks like a slender woman with um, a jester's cap and motley. And she has a very, very thin sword in her hand. Um, it looks like a fencing epee. Um, and she comes crawling in. Uh, and she gets up onto her feet, dusts herself off a little bit, and is now in the building with you guys. Nari, it is your turn. Um, so I think that I will kind of just actually step over a few paces so I could kind of surprise someone who is trying to come through the rubble. Okay. Um, and just prepare an action if anybody comes through there to whack them. Okay. So you're going to prepare an attack. Um, it is now Feline's turn. She is going to groggily get to her feet with her one hit point um, and her short sword in her hand. And uh, she's going to say, I don't know what use I can be, but I I don't mean to die here. Um, and she'll kind of go over to the uh, the soldier who was with her and she starts kicking him awake. All right. And then that brings us now to Bordemus. Bordemus is going to stand between Nilla and the rubble, and he is going to draw his sword and ready an attack as well for anybody that comes through that door or that that uh, doorway. Um, Nilla, it's her turn. She is actually going to stow her short sword and pull out a bow and take a couple steps back. 
um, she can actually, as she steps in a little bit more, she can see just the edge of that woman who came in at the south end of the building. And um, she calls out, she says, they've come into the south. And she's going to take a shot, actually two shots at the woman with disadvantage for both shots because of some cover. And the first shot goes wide. The second shot is a 17. That's going to hit. And she's going to deal some damage with her uh, short bow. Oh, wow. Max damage. She deals nine damage to the Jester woman in the south. All right. Joff, you are up. Joff is going to, he's going to pull out a uh, health potion from his pouch. And he's going to hand it to uh, Feline and step forward his move. Looking at the, the woman that came in, he's going to say, you don't have the bearing of the Empire. If they've hired you. I'm sure I can pay you more than they're paying you. Make a persuasion check. Sure. Make a persuasion check. I'm not check. very good Or at deception. Uh, yeah. Deception. I got a 17. Okay. You see her kind of lower her blade and she kind of cocks one eyebrow at you. Um, she also has a cut on her sleeve from where um, an arrow already whizzed at her. Um, let's see. It is now somebody's turn that you guys can't see. Um, and then it is another person's turn that you guys can't see. And then it is Thilo's turn. And Thilo is just hunkered down up against the wall. Um, let me see here what he can do. He pulls out a little bottle of water, um, like a, like a little jug. And he, um, he, he holds it in his hand and then he smashes it against his chest and water splashes over his, over his shirt. And then wherever the water touches on his shirt, you see it kind of glow for just a second. And he now has Mage Armor cast. Now it is somebody's turn again that you can't see. You guys hear a voice coming from right on the other side of the rubble. And he says, Come out now and make it easy on yourself. And you recognize the voice of the adjudicator. And Pine, it's your turn. So Pine saw the shot go off. He heard um, Joff talking to somebody down uh to the south and he heard the adjudicator talking through the rubble basically right next to him so i think what pine will do oh geez sorry i thought i knew what i was going to do and then then joff had a good deception check (laughs) well here's the deal you guys are also in a building (laughs) you have no idea what's going on outside it's true um, but I don't want to be the first outside. <laughs> Nobody does. And that's why this fight is kind of a, a weird one. Okay. So, so Pine actually is going to go and engage the uh, fighter to the south. So I think that I have enough movement. Oh, whoa. It's wide open down here. Pine is going to come down and engage the, uh, the jester. And, uh, as he sees who it is, and again, he put his mask back on. He has a sword drawn. He approaches her and he says, so you having a good time? And then he's going to take a couple <laughs> swings with his officer's saber. Awesome. <laughs> First attack is a 23 to hit. Um, uh, that's a hit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's Oh, that's only nine. Nine uh, damage. And I'm going to go ahead and do a uh, sword master's fury. So I will uh, do an additional a uh, couple of strikes, fifteen damage, almost max damage on the on the swordmaster's. Oh my fury. gosh! So that's the first that's the first attack, okay. um, and then uh, I'm going to go ahead and follow it up with another attack. 
Okay. Uh, that is an 18. An 18 will barely hit, yes. Uh, for 14 more damage. Man, oh man. She got uh, rocked. Yes, she did. Okay. Um, and then for my bonus action, I'm uh, I'm going to say, Field Marshal, sir, I request your aid. And toss out the uh, S-talk. Okay. Where at? Uh, flanking her. So I'm okay. basically just opposite of, of, of me on the jester. Uh, that's, a, that's, a nat, that's a nat 20. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's a nat 20. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for 19 damage. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Nice. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, are you freaking <laughs> I, kidding me? I, the, the, the computer's rolling my dice for me. You can all no, see my I rolls. Know. No, I believe you. So total damage done to this person this round by Pine was 66. <laughs> this person has <laughs> wow. 66 hit points. What? Oh, Hi. Oh, and it was, you, it was a magic spell technically that killed her. So she is dead. She is dead. Dang it. She uh, she dies with a smile on her lips, though. Oh. Like she's laughing at a joke that only she knew. She had a really good comeback for what uh, Joff had said, but I'll never get to say it <laughs> now because she's dead. So you guys will just have to know that you guys missed a great joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything else? You, that, that's your actions and your bonus actions and your move. You're done. Last thing Pine will do is to say, well, I guess not. In reference to his earlier comment about having a good time, <laughs> he's in an act. He's in a really bad action movie right now. <laughs> oh man, that's great! All right, Joff, as you are uh, standing in the middle of the building, suddenly you see kind of in a gap in the wall to the west, which is kind of up against the city wall. There's like a little alleyway that goes behind the house. You see a short man with a full beard in plate armor. He comes around the corner. He looks in at you guys. He's got a sword in his hand and he and he raises it up in the air. And then he says, the rage of the clouds punishes all lightning stab. And he points his sword into the room and a lightning bolt goes flying through the room. And it is going to get either Ebi and Nari or Nari and Bordemus. So let's see who it's going to get. Ebi and Nari is Odds. It is going to get Bordemus and Nari. Okay, here we go. A lightning bolt shoots from his sword. I need Nari to make a dex save first off. All right, Nari rolled a 20. First good roll of the oh, night. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, 29 damage halved. Cool. Um, let's see what Bordemus gets. Oh my gosh, he's got to get a big roll. Nope. Twenty-nine damage oh, to Bordemus. No. Now, did he take a long, uh, did he take a ooh. short rest as well? Uh, he got his. He, he already used his uh, lay on hands to give himself back up to full. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh! Just like that, twenty-nine damage from a lightning bolt from a sword wielding dwarf. Um, all right, awesome. Um, I dig that round. Um, and then he is going to, yeah, he's going to stay put. All right, Abby, it's your turn. All right. Um. Seeing that lightning bolt go through, I think Ebby is going to do two things. First thing he'll do is he will go ahead and summon Lord Moshe's companion and be like, 
always want to be with you. And the <laughs> unicorn will erupt from his chest <laughs> and kind Perfect. of come to right around here towards the middle of the room. So okay. that way the aura will hopefully cover everybody here. It looks like everybody except for Pine. Okay. Um, and then Abby will also say to Bordemus, he'll say, Bartholomew, up on your feet. We can do this. And he will cast a level one Erdos's word on Bordemus for seven. And then everybody in the radius gets uh, six hit points of healing. And so he gets that six hit points too, right? Yes. Perfect. Um, and then for my movement, I'm going to move forward just a little bit. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of able to see down where Pine is just so that way I can kind of have an idea of what's happening down that way. Um, and that is it. Perfect. Nari, you're up. All right. Um, well, after getting hit by lightning, I'm not super happy about that. So I think Nari will um, kind of come down and join the party um, and kind of stand next to Ebby to kind of see what's going down on the southern side. Okay. Um, and then again, I think I'll just hold an action. And if anybody comes within range, I'll attack them. Yeah, from where you're at, you can see the edge of that um, that bearded short guy in the plate. You can see him. If you wanted to throw a, a, a an axe or something, you could do that. If you wanted to get oh, a ranged cool. attack okay. in, yeah, yeah, no, or you I'll can throw, actually throw two. Yeah, I'll throw a hand axe at him. Okay, so fourteen. It bounces yeah. off of his shield. Ah, come on, man! All right, sixteen to hit. That bounces off of his shield as well. All right, well. I'll just hang out here then see what happens. All right. Let's see. Feline uh, manages to get this fallen heaven soldier awake and she actually helps lift him to his feet and that'll be his or her turn. I'm going to add a turn for him real quick and put him in the initiative now with his one hit point. Well, did they get, did they get any healing from the unicorn? Are they your allies? Yes, I believe so. At least. I mean, it's up to you if you want them to be your allies. Yeah, Joff gave her a sword even, so I think, yeah. And a healing potion. And a healing potion. Just a regular one. Let's see here. So that means he got, they each got six hit points. Yes. All right. Uh, that actually does pretty good for this guy. And then um, uh, she got another six. I just rolled for the potion of healing. Okay, cool. All right. Um, that is their turn. Where are we at in the initiative? We are now to, I think, Bordemus. Is that right? Yes. Bordemus. He's going to move 30 feet up to this uh, this short guy with the beard. And he's going to take some swings at him. He gets two attacks. Um, looks like uh, the nine is going to miss, but the natural 20 is going to hit for a whopping nine damage. Cool. And then that brings us to Nilla. Nilla is going to take two shots at that guy with her bow, at the short guy with the beard, and both of those miss wildly. Um, next, we have Joff. Joff will run up to the bearded guy that shot a lightning bolt at his friends and uh, take a couple of strikes. Okay. The first one is a 24 to hit. That hits. That for um, eight piercing and 10 precision for a total of 18. Okay. And then I'm going to bonus action dis disengage and kind of step uh, just, just to the south of the opening so that he can't okay. strike back at me. Okay. You are now uh, five feet away from him. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 
All right, and now on to somebody that you can't see. I mean, you guys can all see initiative order, so you guys can kind of see what's going on. Um, and then it goes to somebody else you can't see. And then the Fallen Heaven soldier, it is his turn. He stands up and he says, a weapon, I need a weapon. And he ends up grabbing like a club, uh, like a, an old broken board. And he is going to come down around and try to attack this same uh, bearded fellow uh, with the club. And he is going to roll, uh, looks like a, a 19, and that is not going to hit. Um, and then that brings us to Thylo. Thylo now has mage armor cast on himself. He is going to cast Eldritch Blast against the bearded fellow as well. So that is going to be three shots coming out. And it looks like uh, two of them hit. One's critical. Oh, my gosh. You guys are making short work of these guys. He's not a fighter. Come on. Yeah, Thilo coming with the big guns. Um, You guys have no idea how many hit points he has, though. (laughs) That's the thing. All right. It looks like uh, it is. uh, Elder's Blast is a D10, I do believe, which will be the first one. It looks like actually we'll just roll 3D10. Oh, my gosh. All right, so I rolled a 3d10, 2d10 for the critical hit, which was a 1 and a 1. And then the last hit was a 6. So a whopping 8 damage to this bearded fellow. Wow, two hits and one of them a critical and only dealt 8 damage. You guys can see the roll. The roll is uh, I know two ones. Yeah. All right. And now that brings us to suddenly from the east side of the building, from that debris where you guys were kind of hanging out, everyone's kind of pulled away from there now at this point. In rushes a massive hulk of a man. He just kind of busts through the last little bit of debris, and there is a seven and a half foot tall man in blue scale mail with an axe in his hand. He is going to take three attacks with his great axe, and he has a plus 10 to hit. Good grief. That's crazy. Okay, so first he's going to go after Thylo, and that's a 26 to hit. And he is going to deal 16 damage to Thylo in one hit. Oh, man. And then, Ebby, you're standing right there. He is going to an 18. Does that hit? That does not. <sighs> Halfway <Ooh>. coming through. It's <laughs> about <laughs> time. Halfway. All right, he is going to take one more swing. We'll see if he's going to go after you or Thylo. He's going to go after Thylo, and it is a 19 plus 10 is a 29, and it is going to be another four. No, it's more than that. I didn't add on his modifier. Shoot, that's 14 plus six. That's 20 damage. That's actually 26 damage because I didn't add in the last time. That means a total of... 42 damage in one round with two hits to Thylo. And then as a bonus action, he holds up his axe and he looks at you, Ebby, since you're right next to him. And he says, you have been judged. I need you to make a wisdom check, Ebby. Or wisdom save. Okie dokie. You're probably the wrong person to do this to, but it's fun. Uh, 14. Okay. You feel this unbelievable urge to get down on your knees and bow your head and wait for his axe to come and chop off your head. But you fight it off. (laughs) All righty. Pine. (laughs) Pine, you're up. All right. Well, seeing 
the seven and a half foot tall adjudicator come come in, Pine is going to uh, basically grab. Well, first he's going to grab the the epe from his former girlfriend. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to um, run up right next to Thilo. Actually, okay. just as he goes by, he's just going to take a look outside. Okay, run up next to Thilo. Um, and he's going to uh, bring his S-talk. Um, S-talk can go 20 feet. Yep. So 20 feet toward the um, toward the, dwar- the, the dwarf in the full plate. Sure. Um, so he's, that's going to go that way. Can't make an attack this turn. Um, but then um, Pine will go ahead and make a couple of attacks against this guy. First attack. Is a 14. Does that hit this guy? Probably not. Uh, oh, you're, you're attacking the adjudicator? The adjudicator. Uh, no, that does not hit. Second attack is an 11. Um, does not hit. That's my turn. All right. It is now back to the what we'll call the Valkanish Arcane Swordsman. Uh, it is his turn. He pulls his sword out again. It starts crackling with energy and he points it in your guys' general direction. And again, he shouts out the words, the rage of the clouds punishes all lightning stab again. And I need um, this time it, you guys are more bunched up. This is going to be a bigger hit. We're talking... The soldier and Bordemus, as well as Nari and Ebi and the adjudicator. Nari and Ebi, you get to add plus three to your save because you guys are within 10 feet of me. Woohoo! Believe it or not, the Fallen Heaven soldier, as well as Bordemus, both made their saves. I don't know if that's going to matter for the Fallen Heaven soldier. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get crispy. All right. So what do you guys get? Oh, Nari got a five, so. Ugh. Plus three, eight. Ebby <laughs> Ebby got 11 then plus 3 is 14 okay well Ebby you made it Nari you did not here comes another 8d6 I will tell you this this is the last time he can do this attack so here we go oh man look at all those ones 22 damage which is 11 to the fallen heaven soldier which is enough to kaput him he is dead 11 now to uh, Bordemus, and then 22 to Nari, 11 to Ebi, and 11 to the Adjudicator. All right, Nari is going to use her Stone's Endurance and um, decrease that by 14 points. Oh, man, so that's awesome. a little bit less rough. That's awesome. And then uh, the Valkanish uh, swordsman is going to, I think he's going to stand his ground. Yeah, he's going to stand his ground. All right, Ebby, you're up. Ooh, okay. Um, You've got an adjudicator right next to you. I do have an adjudicator right next to me. And I really, I I've got to take the disengage action. I can't, <laughs> I can't go toe to toe with this guy. So okay. I'm actually going to take the disengage and move just 10 or so feet, 15 feet ish away. So that way I'm a little bit further away. Um, and then I will use another level one spell slot and do Erdos's word on let's do Nari and heal Nari for six points of healing, and then everybody else gets an additional six. Woo! 
Oh, man. You're keeping Thilo alive, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm nervous, guys. I'm, I'm a little nervous, too. Um, we'll see how this goes. All right, but that is, that's all I've got. Okay. All right, Nari, what are you going to do? All right, Nari will kind of step up and replace Ebby um, and attack at this adjudicator here. Oh my gosh, um, that was a nat one to hit, so I get to re-roll that, or is it... No, it's just damage just when damage. you get to re-roll your ones, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, 12 to hit. <laughs> oh man, and no. <laughs> I'm going to use no. my action surge, and okay. Uh, okay, 18 to hit. That hits. Okay, so that's 15 damage. Nice. And then 11 to hit, oh my gosh. Nope. Man, the dice have not been with you tonight, no, Sabrina. it's been rough. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. All right, it is now um, Feline's turn. She goes rushing down. Um, let's see, where one, two, three, four, five. Actually, she's going to rush over to try to help you guys with the Adjudicator. So she gets, oh man, how many attacks does she get? I forgot. Was she attacking you three times or twice? Yeah, but she just has the one weapon this time. Um, I'm pretty sure she only had one weapon last time too. Oh, she just had a short sword. Yeah, she just gets to to make uh to a, no, she gets to make three attacks with her short sword. Yeah, she is um pretty powerful. So three attacks with the short sword, and we have um a not enough, not enough, and a natural twenty. Oh my gosh, with a crit, and and the sneak attack. Okay, let's see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So she gets to make a uh, 5d6 doubled. Oh my gosh. Terrible roll. 5d6 and she only rolled a 14. That's 28 plus 4. So she rolled 32 damage to this guy. Hey, that's great. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. That was her turn. All right. Bordemus, he's going to go toe-to-toe with that uh, the heavily armored uh, arcane swordsman. Two attacks from Bordemus. It looks like he gets a 12 and an 8, both of which are misses. And it is now Nilla's turn. She has basically two targets to choose from, and she is going to attack the Adjudicator. Two shots at the Adjudicator. Uh, a 5 and a 9. Neither one are good enough to hit the Adjudicator. We are not rolling great. Joff. Joff, you're up. All right. Joff is going to step back over um, to the bearded guy that's shooting lightning and he's going to take stand over the dead body and uh, take a couple of strikes at the guy for a 12 to hit that probably misses that misses just you know his ac is 20 he's got a shield and plate okay then i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, make the chakram appear and i'm gonna strike with that as with my offhand and that misses as well rolled an eight Okay. And that was my bonus action, so I'm still right next to him. All right. Sounds great. All right. Um, it is now somebody else's turn. I don't know if you guys can see what just happened. Um, I think you can. Um, in the southern entrance to this building, the same one that the jester had come in earlier and then been cut down instantly, you see Pine. Temrid Jr. scrambles through the, the debris and glances around at what's going on. And in one hand, he has a piece of paper. And in the other hand, he has a quill. And um, 
Pine, since he's your son, why don't you go ahead and make a perception or an insight check? Pine rolled a 20 on perception. Um, you can see his ears are um, back. Like um, he is sweating and scared and he frantically starts to scribble on this paper. Um, and you instantly know that he is literally writing down what is going on right now. His job here is to document um, what the adjudicator is doing. Uh, he sees you. You have your mask on. Yeah. You don't think he recognizes you. Okay. Okay. That's his turn. And then in through the debris on the north side of the building, finally comes scrambling in a woman in a black dress with a very large witch's hat on her head. And she's got five targets close up to choose from. So we're going to see who she's going for. And she's going to go for, ooh, Ebby. She's going for you. She's going to cast a spell at you. Plus five. She got a 23 to hit. Does that hit? Oof. Yeah, that'll do it. That is a guiding bolt hit. And you get hit for 16 radiant damage. Jeez. Okay. Finally a good hit for me. <laughs> and now you can feel like as it hits you, it kind of, your body starts to glow a little bit. And um, the next person to attack you gets advantage on their attack. Okay. All right. Fallen Heaven Soldier is dead. Brings us back to Thylo. Um, Thylo is going to poof, bamf, misty step, 30 feet away. Um, Pine, where he was, there's like a little puddle and like mist in the air. But there's a little puddle of water. Is it water or is it pee? <laughs> um, it's, well, it's hard to say. Um, <laughs> it's moist. There's some moisture on the wood. Uh -oh. um, Thylo is now down in the southern part of the building, um, close to your son. Um, all right. And that is his turn. Um, actually, that's not his turn. Um, he is going to then, because that's a bonus action, he is now going to scramble out of the building. Um, Philo is no longer inside the building. All right. That brings us now to the adjudicator. He has three people close to him, and he's going to attack each one of you in turn. The three people are Feline, Nari, and Pine. For Feline, he rolls a... 14, which I don't think hits her. No, does not hit her. For Nari, it's a 22. And for Pine, it's a 13. So I think the only one he actually hits is Nari. Yeah, that'll hit me. Uh, that will be, oh my gosh, that will be sheesh, 24 damage. Oof. Oh, man. Um, I don't know if you guys can see or see what I'm rolling. Um, he gets to roll his attack dice twice for some reason. Um, and then um, since he hit you, Nari, seeing a weakened opponent, he also holds up his ax towards you, points it at you, and he says, you have been judged. And then I need you to make a wisdom save. Plus three. All right. Plus three ends up being a 20. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> you also feel this sudden urge to go down to your knees and leave your neck open for the killing blow, that executioner's blow, but you shake it off. All right. Um, that is his turn. Pine, you are up. Okay. Uh, Pine is going to, looking down south, 
Um, the first thing he'll do is he'll he'll yell out, "Boy, this is no place for you," hoping that uh, uh, Tamra Junior would recognize his voice enough to recognize that this is a uh, uh, an, an invitation to to get to safety. Okay, and then. Um, yeah, do you want me to roll anything for that? Or no, I will see if okay. he makes an insight check. Okay. Okay. Um, and then Pine is going to um, move around, kind of through a couple allies' spaces, um, around the adjudicator to get um, up between the by the adjudicator and now uh, this uh, witch, Sonara. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, she looks like a witch, and I yes, think yes. Pine knows her name. Um, <laughs> and then I go, I'm gonna make two attacks on her actually. Okay. Because she's going to do some serious damage if we leave her alone. Uh, that's a nat one. That is a miss. My first attack. And then a 26 for my second attack. Okay, yeah. Um, that is a hit. You take six force damage. Six force damage? Uh, I, I take three force damage. Oh, dang it. Because I have... I have a brooch of shielding. <laughs> oh, that's right. It didn't get it has your force damage to you. That's right. It gives you yep. resistance to force. Oh gosh. So that's so that's nine damage. And then um on top of that, I will say Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury, and do another Swordmaster's Fury level one for eleven additional damage. So that's twenty damage total. Nice. Okay. Awesome. And then um my bonus action, I'm going to continue moving my the uh, Kennex S talk up toward the dwarf. I don't know if we can reach it yet this turn. Um, it can get to um, reach it, but it has to kind of attack around a corner. So what we'll say is it's going to have some cover. Um, so I'll just I'll just make a quick. Uh, uh, we'll just say disadvantage on this hit on this roll. Oh, disadvantage. Okay. Let me. Or what is cover normally? Plus two to AC. Uh, it's yes. Yeah, depending on how much cover, it's it's different okay. pluses to AC. Plus two to this guy's AC, so you have to get a 22 to hit. That's only a nine. Okay, that is a miss. And that is my turn. And it is now his turn. All right. He takes his sword and slams it against his shield. And he says, a lord's anger. His voice cries out, Alel shout. And um, his voice, when he says, Alel shout, it like reverberates through your ears. And I need... Constitution saves from Joff as well as from Bordemus. Joff got an 18 on his constitution save. Okay. And uh, very nice. Is it difficulty 13? And uh, I think, yeah, Bordemus saved as well. So you guys are only going to take half of this damage, which is 3d8, which is eight damage. So when, when the, when he's shouting like that, Squire, appears like suddenly and covers Joff's ears. And so <laughs> instead of doing half, it's going to half again and only do two. Oh my gosh. But then Squire claps a little too fast until he boxes your ears and you're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And then he is going to, this swordsman is going to, um, he's going to back away. So um, Bordemus is going to make an attack against him. Um, but the uh, swordsman is going to cast, he's going to shout out again. He's going to say, a stalwart wall against the storm, Reinarch's blessing. And he is going to cast shield upon himself, which means you have to get, uh, is it plus, is it, D, is it an extra six to your AC or four? Plus five to your AC. 
plus five. So you have to get 25 to hit. Uh, so Bordemus misses with a, with a 14. Wait, so 26 to hit him now? 25. No, 25 to hit him. 25 to hit him. Yeah, the only way I do this is if I crit. Nope. Well, so you actually, didn't you just use your reaction anyway? Uh, that's, yeah, that is a reaction. Yeah, so never mind. I don't get Okay, that. so yeah, so you don't get the attack anyway. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay. All right, Ebby, you're up. All right. Um, so Ebby is going to say, hold strong just a little bit longer. I think I've got something that can help. And I'm actually going to cast a level two um, heat metal on the adjudicator's armor. Okay. Ooh. And what this will do, um, because I'm hoping that this will make a big difference. So it's nine damage for this guy. Um, and just to read this, uh, choose some metal objects such as a metal weapon or a suit of heavier medium metal armor that you can see within range. Cause the object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact will take 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. And until the spell ends, I can use a bonus action to keep causing this damage. If a creature is holding or wearing the object and takes damage from it, the creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the start of your next turn. So my hope is that this (laughs) will give him disadvantage on all of his attacks moving forward. It sounds like it will. He doesn't get any save, right? From the heat There's metal? no save. Oh, there's a constitution saving throw to drop the object if he can. But that's why I wanted to do his armor. Yeah, he cannot. Uh, okay, well, okay. Um, his armor starts to glow from that blue, that kind of metallic blue that it was to like a cherry red. And you hear him kind of grunt. And then he, Ebby, he looks over and he locks eyes with you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Nari, you're up. Man, Ebby's gonna show me up, uh, but I will, <laughs> I will uh, hit again at the adjudicator with my axe. Okay, um, twenty-one to hit. That's a hit. Cool. That's fourteen damage. Okay. Yeah, get him. I'll go in again with uh, a nat nineteen. So that's that's a critical for you. A crit. Woo! And that was. So that's 22. Oh my gosh. Nice. And then I will also use my second wind to just give me a couple extra uh, hit points. So I'll have eight more. All right. Okay. And then that brings us to Feline. She is going to make three attacks with her short sword. And oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) She crit again. Oh my gosh. Okay, so she hit once. Uh, yeah, she hits once. That first one is going to... She's going to use her sneak attack on the crit. Um, so she deals nine damage first. Oh my gosh. And then she's going to crit, which is 4d6 times 2 plus 4. That's 24 plus 4 is 28 damage. Are you Oh my gosh. I love her. I don't know who she is, <laughs> but I love her. I'm so glad that we were able to deprogram a terrorist. <laughs> well, two episodes ago, this is what was happening to Nari over and over again. I hated it. <laughs> All right. We've got Bordemus. Bordemus is going to take off after the uh, bearded man. Um, and he is going to make two attacks against a 25 AC. He's got a crit. Um, he does not crit, so he does not hit. Um, and then we have got 
Nilla. Nilla is going to take two shots at the Adjudicate. No, she's going to take two shots at um, Sanara, actually. She's a clearer target. Two shots. Looks like she hits with the first shot, dealing eight damage to Sanara. Okay. Um, and then that brings us to Joff. So just so just to give everyone kind of a heads up of where everything is, it looks like um, the bearded, short uh, plate ma- plate armor wearing guy has now snuck out the back of the building and he's running down between an alleyway and Bordemus has followed him. Um, Thilo is nowhere to be seen. Most of the action is happening kind of in the north end of the building where everyone is kind of uh, kind of jammed up around the adjudicator and now Sonara who has entered the building. So Joff is going to run across the room, glance at the scribe and deem him not a threat and uh, run over to the adjudicator and take a couple of strikes. Okay. The first one is... Uh, Roll that again. Oh, why? Because I'm telling you to. Okay. Oh! (laughs) I rolled the exact same number. As you strike, Sonara says, not today. And then you had to roll with disadvantage, but it didn't matter because you rolled the exact same number. Oh my gosh. And that's a sneak attack too, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a crit though. That was only 19. I know. I was so close to a crit. Um, so I, oh man, I rolled really bad for sneak attack. Um, I rolled 11 piercing and seven precision for a total of 18 damage on him there. And I'm going to look at Sonara and I'm going to say, do you want to die here today? As the adjudicator falls down to his knees, drops his axe, and then crumples to the floor. (laughs) Booyah! Nice. All right. I love killing adjudicators. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And we didn't even have to blow up a building. Wait, wait, Joff, did Joff kill him? Or was that non-lethal? He didn't Uh, tell me it was non-lethal, and it was a sneak attack. I did not say non-lethal, no. Okay. I say let this guy die. He seems way too dangerous to keep around. Usually I give you guys a chance to leave him alive. So do you want this to be lethal or non-lethal? No, Joff Joff went lethal on this one. Okay. All right. The adjudicator falls down with a big gash right through his throat and blood starts to soak into the wood right by where Elia Brava just last episode also had her blood soaking into the wood. All right. Brings us now to Temrid Jr. He looks... At you guys, he throws down his quill and his paper and he scampers back through the debris and out and uh, onto the pier, out of sight. And this brings us to Sonara. Let's see what she wants to do. Pine? Yes? I need you to make a wisdom save. Difficulty 13. Damn it! I it was a nine. Okay, you suddenly feel your body lock in place, and you cannot move as Sonara scrambles back through the debris and out of the building. Okay. Okay. All right. Now here is the deal: you guys can't see what's going on, but you hear pew pew pew, and it looks like two. Eldritch Blasts are going to hit Sonara as she runs from the building and that is going to be <laughs> nine damage and that is not enough. She is still standing. Go okay. Thilo! 
Go, Thylo. Okay, <laughs> adjudicator is dead. Pine, what are you going to do? All right, you are locked in place. So you are locked in place. Oh, actually, constitution check for the for that. Um, two constitution checks. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, Pine, you suddenly feel yourself um, freeing up. You are no longer um, uh, held in place. Okay. Um, so that as her, means... As her concentration broke on the spell. All right, so Pine is going to then... Um, follow outside so it's difficult terrain you said yes yeah, difficult to, to any place on the map that looks like uh rocks is difficult terrain okay so that i think this is right here uh, so just to get out of the building i think was a total of 15 feet that sounds right um and then i can't see her yet okay and then i will um move another the out clear okay that's uh 20 so just just so you guys understand what's going on um matt is moving like an old man with his movements of pine too Sorry. on the on the virtual table i was like move five feet then move five feet um he's just trying to get clear and see what he can see i totally understand what you're doing but okay so then i yeah. think i actually still have 15 feet of movement which will get me to sonara oh my gosh because i have 35 feet of movement total um so then pine will go ahead and make a non-lethal saber attack against her with disadvantage oh disadvantage that's a 22 to hit that hits uh, and that will be 11 non-lethal damage. And she crumples to the ground. Okay. Unconscious. Um, and then he will look behind him, seeing uh, Tamara Jr. He's going to call out, Scribe, stop. I know you're a good boy. And that will be his turn. Okay. Now... Nobody can really see what's going on because the main battle is over, but we still have Bordemus chasing this arcane swordsman, and this arcane swordsman still has some tricks up his sleeve. So um, you guys can hear the battle raging outside. Um, in fact, um, I'm going to have Bordemus make another constitution save. A natural one that is going to fail, and he's going to take 3d8 damage. That is 12 damage to Bordemus, and he is pushed back 15 feet. 5, 10, 15. Okay, the arcane swordsman manages to get off the map and out of view of everybody. And we are going to exit initiative. Cue victory music! Squealy doo 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 doo. <laughs> so here is where we are. We have got a bunch of dead people <laughs> in the oh, custom geez. house. Oh my goodness, what a bloodbath! All right. Um, yes, there is a dead fallen heaven soldier who fought valiantly. Um, there is um, a dead adjudicator. There is a knocked out Sonara, um, the witchy woman. There is a dead jester in the southern half of the building and there is a an arcane swordsman who managed to get away and there is also a scribe a young well a you know a middle-aged man uh thin with caracal ears who heard the voice that he recognized and stopped so pine will um approach okay he uh he kind of takes a couple steps towards you Thilo is looking at 
you guys as you as you two approach each other uh, here in the open. That was the only one that can see what's going on right now. Um, and um, he kind of holds up his hand like um, almost like Iron Man style, um, like he's ready to do another blast. But he kind of looks at you, uh, Pine, like with a questioning look. And just so you guys know, um, Thilo uh, was so close to dead. It's uh, it's incredible that he did not die. Um, he looks very, very beat up. Okay. But he's looking at you questioningly. Pine will actually sheathe his sword and kind of motion Thilo that it's, it's safe. Yeah, Thilo kind of puts his hands down at his sides. So Pine, again, still wearing his mask, mm-hmm. will say, Scribe, with the adjudicator fallen, is your life forfeit? No, no, I... I must make a record of what happened here this day, though. I will... I will probably be assigned to another adjudicator. Is there anything that I can do for you to make the story easier for you to sell? Uh... He kind of, uh, points to his cheek. Okay. And Um, he says, not too deep. Pine will actually um, grip, grip him by the shoulders and reach in and um, just move the mask enough to give him a kiss on the cheek before taking out a dagger and giving him a shallow cut. Okay. He winces. Um, he takes, you know, a little bit of damage. Um, he is not a fighter at all. In fact, for anybody who has the monster manual, or this might be more than kind of Tome of Foes, um, he has the stats of a noble, which is like okay. nine hit points, right? Okay. Um, so he, you know, it, he like staggers back, you know, touches his, his face, his, brings his hand up to his cheek. Um, and uh, he, uh, he kind of scoops up the paper and the quill. And he says, I... I best go make my report now. I'm going to, uh, before he goes, I'm going to embrace him. And I'm going to, I mean, mechanically, I'm going to give him a, a, a point of commander's morale. Okay. Um, as kind of a, like, comforting presence. Right. He squeezes you back so hard. And I, and I will say, pointing over to Thilo, because Thilo's still in view, I'll mm-hmm. say, I call him Michael. If you, um, in your report, maybe you heard the name Michael. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I heard that name. Yes. Okay. I heard the name Michael. Okay. And then he lets go. Then he whispers. He says, Je t'aime, Papa. Pine will say, Je t'aime aussi, mon petit. And he turns around and he runs to the south away and off the map and pine will head as he goes over to thylo um put his arm around him and kind of explain the situation he is my son and he is trustworthy he is a potential ally he will make the events of today not reflect back on the wilted rose or you. I I, I understand. Family's weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is <laughs> the most accurate description of family I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, man. Then Thilo goes back into the building. Pine will walk, walk, walk in with him. If, if, if Thilo is willing, Pine will have his armor item and give the last four um, commanders morale that he has. Okay, that's going to help out a lot. Um, yeah, perfect. So, oh, and by the way, um, Sonara is still knocked out in the street. What's everybody oh, else shoot. doing inside? So as as Pyan walks back in, Joff is pulling the jacket off the adjudicator and handing it to Ebby. Here, for our collection. Woohoo! <laughs> Careful, might still be hot. <laughs> well, so so this adjudicator is not wearing a jacket. This adjudicator is just wearing uh, some, like, blue scale mail. Oh, no. Well, I guess yeah. that's what I'm taking off. <laughs> okay. You just like to strip people. You know, I... I, I yes. You don't yes. have to justify it. Yes, I do. <laughs> that's why we kill them, right? So yes. we can take their clothes. Uh, I, uh, yeah. That's Isn't what we're that doing. the point of everything we do? Is... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome. We were going to open like a tailor shop, right? Right? Yeah. yeah How else are you plan. supposed to get clothes, guys? <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand that. We're going to retire. <laughs> so Sonara is still outside unconscious, yeah, though. Yes, Sonara is still outside unconscious, yes. Pine will go start kind of dragging her back in. Okay. And does she have any weapons or like... I, I Matt knows she has a spell book, but Pine would be looking for like a spell casting focus of some kind. Um, Actually, yeah, you do see that she had... When she fell, she had like a, like a wand in her hand. Okay. Can... Can Ebby go and just make sure that she's stable? Yeah, you're going to go out there and check on her? Yeah, the, I just want to make sure she's not going to bleed out like Adjudicator Rolf blood oh, out on yeah. me. I, I did deal non-lethal for the final hit. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, but you Good. double check her. You you uh, you help Pine drag her back into the building. Um, she's got a big knot on her head from where she got walloped pretty hard. Um, yeah, but I mean, really all you find on her, she's got a spell book, yes. Um, she's got a big witch's hat. Um, and she has, um, like a, a spell components pouch. And then she has this, like, uh, this rod, this wand. Ebby will take off her hat. Okay. <laughs> and her spell components. And I'll, I'll, I'll just start taking all of her stuff off. I okay. mean, not, not all of her stuff. I'm not a monster, but you know, Joff. <laughs> I am a monster. <laughs> oh man no, what, what did i find on the adjudicator as i was searching him and disrobing him so you find that the armor is very very nice um and you see that his axe is um i had a picture of his axe his axe is also quite nice um and um you you guys can recall that basically he held out the axe and pointed it and then um it seemed like uh there was some kind of a of a command or a, or a or an obligation to to do what he said when he pointed the axe at you and um and that's about all you can figure out. He's also got a big huge horned helmet, but the horned helmet is actually kind of different. The armor looks like it's really well made. The helmet looks like it's almost like um um old and beat up, like maybe it's a uh, uh an emblem from his past or something. Um, whereas the armor is new, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I'll toss the axe over to Nari and say, you looking for an upgrade? Nari will kind of grab it and, and sort of look it over and be like, yeah, yeah, I could always, uh, always use something big, bigger and better. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, cool. 
Um, and then there is also uh, some money that he's got. Um, okay. So, yeah. So there's another 34 platinum if somebody wants to write that down. Okay. And um, were you taking off his scale mail? Yeah, I was. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, you got some blue scale mail. Okay. Uh, I think, I mean, it's an old busted up helmet, but maybe we take it as the totem and just stuff it in the haversack if it'll fit. Uh, the horns on the helmet are obnoxiously large, and so it probably will not fit in the haversack. Hmm. Darn. It, it is a nice trophy, so we got to keep it, though. Wait, wait, wait. We keep trophies now. <laughs> I think the honorable thing to do would be to not leave him here naked. Leave him the helmet. We don't need it. If it looks like it could be um, an heirloom of his, let him be buried with it. Ebby kind of turns to Pine. He's like, I was really hoping we could stuff this guy full of rocks as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think that might be a great idea, too. Oh, my gosh. What, no, no. So the scribe, he did escape. They will know that the adjudicator is dead. We need to vacate here. That's a good point. That's a good point. And the scribe isn't to be touched. Uh, so, do I? Do we get any sense on whether that helmet might be magical at all? It looks quite beat up um, and old. I mean, nothing about it screams magical, but that doesn't mean anything. You're literally wearing a ring that looks like it's made out of marble and just like a marble ring. Hmm. Well, I suppose we could, if none of us would even use it to begin with, then I suppose we could just leave it here. I would agree, yes. And Pine will walk over to Kenneth Zestock and kind of accept it back with a bow of thanks again. And she did. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Nilla um, kind of steps forward and says, I, I guess this, is, this place is no longer safe for us. I don't know that it ever was safe. Your safe house has like... Seven or eight different doorways. And each time we get to one of your safe houses, it, it promptly gets attacked. Maybe it's us. Maybe we just need to leave the town. Yeah, there might be a common denominator there. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's this flashback to the, uh, to the reading from the beginning talking about how literally they followed the piece of paper that they gave to Joff. <laughs> but you guys don't know that. So who knows? You guys don't know that. You know, um, <laughs> you... We've we've jokingly and offhandedly mentioned maybe it's time to leave town, but I think there might be something to that. Uh, this place, we have certainly riled up the bee's hive, the hornet's nest, if you will, by killing another adjudicator. Perhaps it's time that we depart from the city and start heading up and towards the mountains. Nara, you had mentioned that you hadn't heard from your tribe in a while. Yeah, I would. I would like to go up and just check in and make sure they're okay. And I mean, it seems like between Nilla and Feline, the Bruce syndicate should be able to flourish here in Arquivi again. So I, I feel like my work is kind of done. It was smashing. Absolutely capital. <laughs> Good job, Nari. <laughs> Nilla steps forward and she says, not the Rose syndicate anymore. No, I think we'll keep the name, the wilted Rose. I think it's more fitting. I like it. I think that's that's great. She uh she comes over and she grabs you by the hands and she looks way up into your eyes because remember she's tiny and you're quite large 
And she says, Nari, I am so grateful that you came back. You came back and you found me. You helped me. You will never be forgotten. I'll kind of hug her back and um, let her know that I'll say, I'll always be here for you. If you need me, just send word. Um, But we're going to go fight some other battles for now. Hey, Paul, as things are wrapping up, Pine is actually going to quickly try to write out a couple of the lines that he remembers writing in some of his uh, tracts to leave here with the adjudicator's body. Oh, nice. As a matter of fact, you still have a crumpled up note that you never did burn. Oh, we never burned it? No. Okay, well, then I'll just, like, Ebby, do you still have that note? The, 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 the pamphlet, the brochure? Oh, yes, I think I do. Ebby pulls out that tract. Let's, let's leave it here with the, uh, with the adjudicator's body. And right underneath it, you find the tract that you pulled, or the, the note that you pulled out talking about a, a haunted house that somebody wanted you to clear out that you guys never got around to. Oh, boo! <laughs> you took that one, too. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we leave town, I've got one thing I need to do. I'd appreciate your guys' help with it, but um, at least wait for me. Give me one night to try and take care of it. One night? Okay. I think that... Uh, if we're heading into the mountains, we're going to need some warmer clothes. I mean, Nari has the boots with the fur, but I want some boots with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not, to, not, to, not to rain on this parade or poop on this party, um, as it were. But my guess is that if the adjudicator does not return back to the manor within a reasonable period of time, well, and even there were people that fled this evening. I don't know that uh, Bort- Bortimus was able to fully... Was that your name? Bortimus? Bortimus sheds a tear. It- <laughs> he sheds a tear. <laughs> he breaks down sobbing. <laughs> but I don't believe he was able to finally kill that individual. And so uh, likely the guards will be alerted. It might behoove us to try to get out of the city as quickly as possible. That is true. That's true. What is it that you want to do, Joff? There's something under the keep that I need to go and get. Well, why don't you tell us about it as we gather our things and leave? Okay. The book is really boring, but here, let me pull up the, the pages and Joff will take out the book that he's, oh, he was no. reading. We have to return books to the library. <laughs> so I knew you were going to say something about that. So it doesn't say that you have to return them in any specific amount of time, just okay. that you have to be the one to return them. Gotcha. And they will know if you give them away or if they're not in your possession, something to that effect. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So Feline and Nilla kind of go off into a corner and they start talking, um, kind of conspiring together, trying to figure things out. Uh, Bordemus is actually... Um, helping to take care of this fallen heaven soldier kind of um, you know um, moving him out of the out of the entryway and uh, kind of making him cleaning him up a little bit making his death seem a little bit less um, electrifying Um, and Thilo has no clue what to do Um, at one point you hear him kind of talking to himself saying uh, basically I think I'm in over my head I I I think I need to rethink this whole thing Um, right what are you guys going to do now leave (laughs) we need to get out of here 
Okay. Uh, but, like, uh, but if I, if Pineover heard Thilo saying those things, he would try to reassure him. Thilo, you did you did amazing work. You you said that you weren't a combatant, and I believe that. But you held your ground, and you you helped us win the day. And there is still work for you to do with the Wilted Rose. Work far from frontline combat. And we're leaving town, so if it's our influence, you'll be safe. Thank you. I I appreciate I appreciate your words. I will will think on it. Um, Sonara is here unconscious. So what all are you taking of Sonara's? Just a heads up. I mean, just just give me a heads up. Basically everything. I think. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down some notes like her witch's hat, her component okay. pouch, her wand. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Her spell book? Mm-hmm. Her spell book, yes. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Okay. Um, are you guys leaving town right now? Well, how long, Joff, do you think it might take um, to do what you need to do? We could probably leave town tonight. We just have to head to the keep through the sewers again. So I don't know if anybody can make an insight check, um, but it's going to be a very low difficulty. It's a 10. That's a low. That's a low roll. <laughs> 14. And Ebby got a 13. All right. Pine, you're like, yeah, it sounds good. Um, Nari and Ebby, you guys are both kind of like, um, it's still Gadiver's March right now. Um, and going into the catacombs might, especially in the shape that some of us are in, might not be the best option. This past midnight, wouldn't it now be technically like All Saints Day where they're like, so the next day is called Arapose's Rest. Ah, rest. See? I don't know that it's necessarily at midnight. Okay. Um, it's probably more like when the sun comes up and the restless spirits go to sleep. But you guys can do what you want. Yeah, no, I definitely think that getting a good good night's rest would um, be beneficial for me. Okay. They're not actively pursuing us yet. Not yet. I'm just worried about them barring exit. Oh, that's true. But we got spider butt rope. We got spider butt rope. We have spider butt rope to help us escape, yes. Grab onto my butt rope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure sure we can find an exit through the sewers if we have to. I mean, we can go anywhere under there. Yeah, maybe we could head back to the inn and, and sleep tonight and wake up early and just head straight for the sewers. That's true. There will be a lockdown. We could probably go out and camp outside and try to come back in. I don't know. Hmm. Well, then we have to figure out how to get in and out. Bordemus steps forward and he says, well, Joff, perhaps I can help. I mean, what is it that you're looking for? I'll know it when I see it. Well, that doesn't help me. (laughs) It's just like porn. (laughs) 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 <laughs> isn't that like isn't that like the official supreme court ruling it's hard to find <laughs> pornography but you know it when you see it i think you're right actually yeah. i think I someone totally did wrong, say but, that oh yes oh god um i'll i'll tell him i get i'll look at him and i'll say there may be the evidence that i'm looking for to verify my claim to the throne of arkleby this is the first he's hearing about this, isn't it? Yeah. Man, we just keep springing things on poor Bordemus. <laughs> he kind of says, well, you, you guys never cease to amaze. <laughs> if, if it's too 
dangerous for you to stay here in the city. I have no intention of leaving. And he looks back over at Nilla and then he looks back at you and he says, for the help that you have given us, I will make it my duty to go into the, into the catacombs and, and seek out whatever records I can find for you. It may not be today and it may not be in the next week or so, but once I have my strength, once we've gathered up some, some more strength, then he looks back over at Nilla and Feline says, I'm sure that we can find what you're looking for. If, if you need to get out of town and then next time you're here close by, we can give you what we found. If that works for you. Well, this is a lot to ask of you and it, it's going to take me trusting you to do this. He steps up to you and he draws his sword and he plants it down into the wood. And then he does not the bow that he has done, like where he bends over at the waist, but like he does the, uh, the salute of the uh, Knight of the Red Blossom, which is like a, I believe it was like two fingers, like like a peace sign with the back of his hand to his forehead. And then he brings his arm down to the side. He says, on my honor as a Knight of the Red Blossom, you have saved my life countless times. I do this for you gladly. All right. I'll take your word on it. How can we contact you in the future? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you can send him a, a letter. Yes, you can send a letter to Arkovi. Okay. Yes. So if then I'll, send, I'll get his address yeah. and, and yeah, you'll, you'll just you figure out a way to, to like get a note to to him. Could um, we send it to the tailor? That's a great idea. Yes, it's um, it's a cut above tailor shop. Okay. Well, I I don't have an address that you'd be able to reach out to me because. I've been following these guys, so I'll I'll send you letters, I guess. I understand. I understand. When you are back in Arkelvi, I will have something for you. On my honor as a Knight of the Red Blossom. Well, perhaps you can do something else for me, too. No, that's asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says, yes, what, what, whatever you need. Build up as much of a resistance as you can. He kind of stands a little taller and he says, I intend to. Be ready. That's all. Aye. Well, safe travels. One more thing I'd like to do. Um, yes. I, uh, Pine would like to approach Feline, uh and uh, pull out the uh, sending stone that he took off of her. I, I thought you were going to forget about that. No. <laughs> so I'll, pull, I'll, I'll take it out and I'll say, I believe this belongs to you. Just out of curiosity, who's on the other end of this stone? The leader of Fallen Heaven. Richter. You know of Richter. I know of Richter. He is on the other end of this stone. Do you... She holds it up. She says, do you need to use it? Do you wish to talk to Richter? I'm afraid that if I do, I'll have to follow through on a threat I made in anger years ago. No, you can just tell him that an old fossil is doing good work still. I can pass on that message. Thank you. And she takes it back and she bows her head to you. Nari and the boys, you crawl through the debris back out onto the pier as you gather up your things, some new items, 
I imagine you go back to the cross candles in to pick up whatever gear you've left there and make your way towards the city gate, which the north gate is actually open. Probably because there's some small houses and like farms that are outside of the city. And this way people can come in and out of the city. But you do see that there are guards on the uh, at the gate. And you, um, as you leave the city, are not accosted at all. You're able to walk out, smell the fresh air, get a little further away from the city where the stink of all the bodies uh, is not so close. As the rain continues to fall, you head north towards the foothills of the Glass Mountains. And as you glance off to the west, you see a shimmer behind the trees as a familiar shape, a Aurora Borealis covered Alaton comes out of the woods, gives its bugle and bows its head to you. As it approaches the party, you guys head north and west into the Glass Mountains for your next adventure, whatever awaits you up there. And we are going to end there for tonight. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for playing. Just a heads up, that I believe is going to be the end of chapter three. So we have now had three chapters and after each chapter, we do a level up. So you guys can all level up your characters from level six to level seven before the next time we play. And just another heads up real quick, next episode will be a little bit different. We've done it before, but it's called a uh, random saved game. You don't wanna miss it. It's gonna be great. Anyway, we hope you guys have been enjoying the show and until next time, have a great time.